This is the Create and Thrive Podcast, episode 191, Branding Blunders to Avoid, with Julie Gibbons. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hello, hello, lovely thrivers. It is Jess here. Welcome back to the show. And this week I have an interview with my friend Julie Gibbons. We've known each other for a very long time. She has, in fact, been on the show before, way back on episode 50. And today we're talking about branding blunders to avoid the things that you do not want to do when it comes to your brand because they will send the wrong people away from you and perhaps not attract your ideal customer. But before we get started with that and a very exciting announcement in the episode, I have another announcement for you. And that is over on the business of making my other podcast with Michaela Danvers and Deb Engelmeyer, we have a really, really exciting workshop series coming up, a live interactive online workshop series We've got three workshops and they're all about email marketing. Yes, we are going to help you solve this email marketing bugbear once and for all. Now, these are really exciting and very unique in that we're not just going to sit there and talk to you or talk at you. These workshops are going to be interactive. We're all going to be there and we're actually going to give you time to get the work done while you're at the workshop, which is really exciting. So, Whether you do one, two, or all three of them, you're going to walk away afterwards with work done towards your your email marketing, setting up your mailing list, writing content, getting people signed up, all those sorts of things. You can find out more by heading over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash workshops and get on the wait list, or depending on when you're listening to this, you might be able to sign up already. But if you are listening to this on Friday morning, uh, my time as I release it, you still have a couple of hours to enter our competition that we're running. We are doing a giveaway of two places in all three workshops to you and a friend. And all you need to do is head on over to the business of making on Instagram. So that's just Instagram search the business of making look for our giveaway post and tag a friend you can tag as many friends as you like in separate comments and each one will be an individual entry. So we're giving away two full workshop series to you and a friend very exciting so if you are listening to this in time head on over and enter that now Uh, there is another interesting uh, element to these workshops and that is we are also running a dedicated pop-up facebook group for a month after the workshops finish why because we want to give you the opportunity to get questions answered and get the work done that's why it's only a month that's why it's a pop-up group so those of you who attend the workshops will have access to this pop-up group for one month where the other attendees and all three of us will be in there to help you specifically sort out your email marketing once and for all and get it up and running and uh, you know if you can't attend one of the workshops live or you end up missing it there obviously will be recordings available as well so it's a really awesome opportunity to not only learn from me but to learn from three handmade business experts about this topic so 
It's a pretty unique opportunity. Don't miss it. It's actually also really affordable. So head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash workshops to find out more and get your good self signed up for those very unique and exciting workshops that are coming up at the end of June. Okay, so let's dive into today's episode, my interview with my lovely friend, Julie Gibbons. So today I have my friend, Julie Gibbons with us again. Hello, Julie. Welcome. Hello, Jess. How are you? I'm very well and excited to have you back on the show. I think it's been a few years since your first guest appearance. Yeah, it's been a little while. And we're going to be chatting today about branding. Uh, But before we start, an important announcement is that the course that uh, you wrote for Create and Thrive, uh, Brand Your Craft, has had an update. It is now Brand Your Craft 2.0. It sure is. Um, there's been particularly the tech has changed a little bit. So um, I thought that there was um, some things that really needed to be updated. But also, in the meantime, obviously, I've come across new ideas and a few um, few refinements. So I thought it would be all good to include all of that too. Yeah, it's really great. I love the updated content. Um, so that's ready now as you listen to this, everyone. If you want to go grab it, you can head on over to createandthrive.com. Just click on the shop link and Brand Your Craft is there. Uh, if you're a previous student, just get in touch with me and I'll ha- I'm happy to send you the updated version of the course. So uh, we cover a lot. Of, well, you cover a lot in that course. You know, a lot of my students have been through it and said it's changed how they completely how they approach their branding and uh, it's helped them to set up a really clear um, cohesive brand and a lot of them had never like had kind of played with it but had never really thought about how important branding is so let's let's start by talking about why branding matters well first of all let me just say that what you just said just makes me so happy to <laughs> to hear that people has changed people's brands for the better I've changed their whole outlook on their on their business because um, I really feel like if if I can help people connect with their audience well I feel like I've done a good job and I think that means that everybody wins and I think that's that's such a good thing it is it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what was the question again? So we were talking about why does branding matter? Why does branding matter? Well, it's like um, if someone lands on your website or your shop in Etsy or wherever it is, it can take like only like two seconds to make up your mind whether you, you want to be there or not. And you just you take, you really do, we are so bombarded with so many things these days that we really make snap judgments at every point because we want to, get where we want to get to and we want to get to it quickly so um if your branding's not hitting the mark well i'll make a judgment on that in like two seconds and i'll go somewhere else mm-hmm. yeah i think that's really important because like you said i don't know what the statistics are but there's some insane amount of uh, things that were like in front of our face every day, the amount of brands that we're seeing in front of our faces on our computers, on our mobile devices, just being out and around in the world. We're constantly bombarded by images and logos and branding and photos and everything else. So people have become really, really savvy about this. And people also, I think, they have their personal taste. And so something that will appeal to one person will completely turn another person off. 
Totally, totally. And that's the whole point of branding too. It's not just about attracting people to you. To you, It's not making, you're not making something that's going to appeal to everybody. You want to make something that actually appeals to your ideal customer. And um, <clears throat> yeah, as you say, like everybody's got different taste. And the thing is, if you're, if you're driving away the people who are not right for you, um, that's a good thing because if you attracted those people and you bought something and they were unhappy with for whatever reason because they're not your ideal customer, that's not actually good for your business. No. They'll go away, they'll go away and say, oh, yeah, they didn't really live up to my expectations or you know, whatever else excuse that they um, come up with because you're, they're not your ideal customer and so you want to get rid of them. You don't want to do <laughs> I love that. I, I like this idea of branding being as much as much about turning people away as it is turning people towards you. Like I think people are really scared to do anything that might turn anybody away from their business. That's right. That's right. And um, <clears throat> as I point out in the course, there's now 7.7 billion people in the world and you are <laughs> never going to run out of ideal customers. So really <laughs> there's no point in trying to say, you know, trying to take the middle road and going, oh, I don't want to scare away anybody because I don't want to lose out on business. You won't lose out on business. The thing is if you um, put forward uh, what you really want, like if, you're, if you've got a very clear vision of what you want to put out and it's just like, like um, friends in real life, when you have, um, because you're you and you express who you are all the time, you attract your right people to you, you attract your friends to you um, and it's the same with branding. That's, that's um, what you're doing. You're attracting the right people to you. I like that idea because people, like, we are who we are and <coughs> some of us are a little bit more conscious of our personal branding than others, but it does have an impact. Like you walk out the door and some people will be drawn to you, some people won't because of how you present and how you look in the world and your brand is just kind of a, a business version of that really. And you have, I mean, you have a lot more control over that. I mean, you have control over how you present yourself as well. People can reinvent themselves to look how they like really. But um, with your brand, it's the same thing. So how do we go about connecting our branding to our product like what are some of the things people need to think about when they're going well i make um yeah i don't know what it might be i make aprons and they're all like have kind of slightly racy jokes on them <laughs> right so how do i take that and turn it into a brand like what what am i what do i do what do i think about well there's all sorts of things to think about <clears throat> So if you've got a particular product, you know, aprons with, with racy sayings on them, then um, automatically you've, you've cut out a whole bunch of people anyway. Mm. Uh, you've, you've, you've actually delineated, like there's a whole bunch of people who will definitely not be doing that. Um, so it, it comes down to also what you want your brand to feel like. What's it, you know, what kind of, um, vision do you have for your brand? Do you want to be like a high-end luxury item? Do you want to be a throwaway gag? Or what, what kind of feeling do you want to leave the customers with? And this is, should be like the driving kind of force behind how you choose all the visuals that support that because all the visual stuff that I talk about, all the design stuff that I talk about, that is there to support that overall vision, that overall vibe, the overall feel, whatever you want to, however you want to describe that thing that your brand is. 
all the visuals are there to support that. Um, yeah, so to, to start at the beginning, you need to define exactly what that, that thing is, so what that vibe is. Um, yeah, so you need to think about um, the types of people you want to deal with. So uh, what is, you know, what's their, what's their spending, what's, their, um, what's in their head? Why, why would they be searching for this particular item? Why would they be looking for a, basically a gag item? Mm-hmm. Why would they, yeah. So think about what's in your customer's head. What, what's in their head when they're coming looking for something like you and what's the end result that they're after? Um, yeah I like that I think I think a lot of people when they think about their branding kind of just go well I like these colors let's just use those (laughs) I I think that's kind of the extent of of the thought that a lot of beginners put into it or even worse yeah I think (laughs) people tend to go and say I need to get a logo that's like the first thing that they think of and they don't you know like sticking as I would say like if you stick a um, Mercedes-Benz logo on a um, Toyota Corolla, it doesn't make it a Mercedes-Benz. It makes it a Toyota, Toyota Corolla with a <laughs> stupid label on it. Like, it doesn't change. Like, what you're trying to get across there is what does it feel like to be driving in a Mercedes-Benz? What does it feel like to be driving a Ferrari, for that, for that matter? Um, it's not the same experience as when you're driving the Toyota Corolla. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's what you're trying to get across. And so it's about getting a whole cohesive vision together for your brand. So you need to, um, and the thing is, like there are so many touch points all the way through the branding journey. Wherever you interact with your audience, that's a brand touch point. So there's everything from your business cards, your packaging. Um, it's not just, it's not even just your visuals. It's like, you know, what does your business card feel like? It's even how does, like when the goods turn up in there, um, in your audiences, in your customers' um, post office books, how do, what's the package like? How does it feel? Um, you know, what does the quality of the item look like and feel like? Well, like everything. When you're talking to people on the phone or on a Zoom or wherever you're talking to them, how do you look like, what do you look like in videos? Um, like everything, every time you have an interaction with your audience, what is what kind of messages is that sending out to you? Like what does your, what does your Facebook page look like? And consistency in that as well, like consistency in obviously time-wise consistency, like you want to be regularly doing things so that people remember you, but also being consistent in that whole brand vision of you're consistently making yourself feel like this um, and everything that you put out in the world needs to feel or give that same kind of vibe to give a whole experience what you're trying to get across is what it's like to work with you, what it's like to receive your goods or what kind of quality your goods are. So with what all we've been talking about so far, I think one of the most important things to clarify for people, especially if they're quite um, logically or rationally minded like I am, is that it's, you know, when I first sort of got into all this, I'd be thinking about, uh, the, the sort of rational part of this process, but it's kind of actually irrational in a way because what we're trying to affect is not people's logical thought processes. We're trying to affect their emotions. 
totally totally um we are very emotional creatures whether we like it or not and yes the obviously logic does come into play i'm not going to go out and spend money on a ferrari because i just don't have it but um the point is that we still um we do if i'm looking for a new scarf because i want to go out to what uh, i want to wear something warm around my neck and i'm going to a wedding i'm not going to go to kmart probably and buy something if I, I want to go and dress up nicely i want to look lovely and i want a, something that's look like really beautiful quality if i'm going to go to a wedding and it's a special occasion for my best friend so that's an emotional decision that's that's based on emotion that's a scarf is a scarf like i could i could wrap socks around my neck to keep my neck warm really but yeah, yeah, I, look, yeah. I want to look nice I want to do it because it's important to me because this is my friend. Mm -hmm. These are the reasons I would buy a beautiful scarf, a beautiful handmade scarf. And this is where we get into the whole features and benefits thing, like that, that uh, people sometimes will often focus on the features of their product because yeah. they think that's important. And it is important, of course, but it's not usually the thing that's going to draw people in or completely convince them to buy in the end. It's just kind of a, it's necessary but not sufficient to making a sale. Yes, it, it's exactly, you're spot on, you're spot on. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm confronted with decisions every day. Why do, if I go into the supermarket and there's like, there's you know, 10, 10 different brands of peanuts, for instance, which one am I going to choose? <laughs> Probably the one that you like the packaging of the most or the one, the one that I like the, the packaging best, of. Or that you has uses the language that makes you the happiest in whatever way. Yeah. It's all that sort of stuff. You know, if I'm I'm looking around for clothing, you know, I'm looking for a new pair of jeans. I want them to fit, obviously, but also I want I want the quality in the I want them to feel nice when I wear them. I don't want them to Yeah. Oh, in, a, a new shirt. It has to have a pattern on it. I don't have plain clothes very much. <laughs> I've got to have the right. I've got to have the right pattern on it. That's so interesting. I'm the opposite. I often buy plain clothes because I can mix and match. <laughs> See, we're very, very, very different, Jess. <laughs> so I think another important element that people might forget about when they're talking about their branding, and you did touch on it earlier, and that's status. Like, yeah. people will buy stuff to reflect to themselves and potentially other people the things that they care about in the world mm -hmm. so you know the people someone who's let's to, to go back to the car analogy someone who's going to buy a ferrari is going to buy it because not only one they can afford it but two they care about perhaps the car but perhaps they also care about what other people think about them when they see them in that car um, and, and this is, it doesn't matter which community you see yourself as a part of, this plays a part in any, any community um, that you might find yourself a part of. And I think when you're thinking about your branding, you actually have to consider that lifestyle element. And that, that's really what it is. It Life, is. Yeah. Lifestyle is not just about the life you live. It's especially in this day and age of Instagram and selfies. It's as it, for some people, it's more about the lifestyle that they're going to show other people. 
um, you know, everybody's on a spectrum with that sort of balance between their lifestyle, you know, what they care about for themselves and what they care about that signals to the world. But that's another important element of your branding as well, isn't it? Sure, sure. I'm just thinking about like the, um, the one that popped into my head straight away was I can go and buy a Honda motorbike which is, a, you know, they've got a good reputation for being a good, mach- good machine, mm-hmm. but also a Harley-Davidson. And they're like immediately I say Harley-Davidson, you've got a picture in your head of what a Harley-Davidson rider is like. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, that's branding. That is all branding. They're both motorbikes and they both do the same thing and they're both you know, well, well-made machines. But, yeah, you've got a entirely different idea of, of the Honda rider to the... Or the BMW rider to the Harley Davidson rider. There you go. And it's an instant thing, you know. If it's, it's, if it's a brand, thing. if it's a brand you're familiar with, you've got an instant visual or mm. um, feeling about those particular brands and what they represent. Yeah, yeah. Maya is a totally different beast to Kmart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the customers who shop there are different, and they care about different things. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, and it comes down to understanding your, the audience that you want to attract and you, and you cater to that. I found this, I did a course at university on um, semiotics, which I found really, really fascinating because it really was all about how visuals and language, like the signals that visuals and language um, put out into the world. Um, one of our assignments, we had to analyse like a, a magazine ad, ad. And, and pick up on all the semiotic cues in that ad. And um, I think that stuff's really fascinating. But for most people, I think we're completely unconscious to the effect that it's having on us. Yeah, yeah. But um, if that, that's as a consumer, um, I think uh, some of us are probably more aware of it now that we've been dealing with it for the past, you know, in our careers and, and work for the past couple of years. We're probably a bit more aware of it. But, um, you yeah, know, for the general consumer, I mean, I still get sucked into all sorts of stuff too. I'll walk into the supermarket and um, I'll be sucked into buying something that I didn't go in there for, obviously, because it happens <laughs> all the time. It happens all the time. But really as, as, a, um, as someone who is a driver of your own brand, you're in the prime position. If you understand that this is actually happening, you have the capacity, you have the opportunity to control that at every touch point you have with your audience. The more you can do to get your brand all moving in the same direction, the more um, strength you can give your brand to give like a really clear vision the more you stand out because you know, you're, you're standing for something, you, you're putting out a particular vision of, of what, who and what you are and people are attracted to that kind of strength of vision. I think, I think you just have to look at like popular Instagram accounts for this to be completely obvious. Like the, there's, there's two ways you can get a really popular Instagram account. Number one, you're already really famous and people just want, to see the behind the scenes of your life because they are nosy, right? That's number mm. one. Yeah. No, number two is you become famous or you skyrocket because of the visual feast you are providing people. Yeah. Like I've never seen a super popular high follow Instagram account of a non-famous, already famous person that isn't visually stunning. Mm, mm. Indeed, yeah. It's, it has to be because... 
Instagram is all like it's just it's basically a bunch of photos, really, isn't it? So mm. it has to look lovely. And that's what people are there for. And I think people, especially if you're starting out and you know you you haven't really taken much time or had much time to think about your branding. And I know I was like this in the beginning, like if you go back to my, my old Instagram account, like my personal one, which I don't really use anymore, but was all I had for the first few years, like all, you know, my pictures are like me, maybe my cat, a jewelry photo every so often. <laughs> like yeah. it, was, it was pretty random. Like it was just me sharing random sort of photos, not completely random, but it was just, there wasn't really any thought behind it. There wasn't really any branding behind it except, oh, this is my life and these are the things I'm sharing day to day. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if it's a personal account and it's just for your friends and family to check out, right? But if you're running a business account, and I see a lot of makers making this mistake um, in the beginning of their business is that they're treating their, their business social media channels like a personal social media channel. Uh, what do we need to think about to make the shift there? <clears throat> well, it is. It's about beyond beyond sharing snippets of your lifestyle. Um, it really needs to have some kind of visual cohesion because, <clears throat> as we've just discussed for the past you know fifteen minutes, it's about. Um, presenting a particular vision or you know some kind of cohesiveness because the thing is if you keep on having bits of stuff and there's not like a cohesive story behind it if there's not any kind of um, overall kind of guiding feel behind it then if you if you're chopping and changing things all the time the message that is actually sending out to your audience is that you are also chopping and change you know you're you're a very changeable person and and that it's kind of like a, a subliminal message of unreliability mm. in some sense if you you know if you're not kind of standing for something if you're not if you don't have a strong vision about something then it's yeah there's kind of that sense of um you know um changeableness Changeability, um, yeah, or unreliability, even at, at the extreme, is unreliable. That's not a good message to send out about your business. And it's also, I think, uh, when you see someone's Etsy shop that's like a bit of a mishmash of products and their Instagram's a bit of a mishmash of pictures, it just send, it's kind of screams that hobbyist vibe as well. It does, totally, totally. That You're not committed. You know, you're not, a, you're, not a real, you're not a legitimate business because you're not taking control of things like, a business that I want to deal with has to have that clear vision mm. at every step. They need to, you know, it's it's rare that I will I'll pick up on something and go, oh, that's worth looking at. If it's, you know, if the everything else around it is um, doesn't kind of match or doesn't kind of fit with that. Yeah. So we've kind of come full circle because we talked earlier about you know, I call it finding your why. So what's your why? What, what's, your, what's your why for what you're doing? Why are you doing this? Uh, why does your business exist? What's the point of it? Why should people care? Yeah, why <laughs> and, should people care? Yeah, and why does your ideal customer want to buy from you? Why would they want your product in their life? You just have to keep asking why, why, why and get deeper and deeper and deeper. And yeah. when you get clear on that, everything will come from that. 
Yeah. As I go through in the in the course, um, once you understand what it is you want to put out in the world and why, then you are able to choose elements that like your visual stuff to go with that that will support that thing because um, we already know um, uh, that if you know if if you want to you know present a an idea of strength or something you use strong colors you use strong shapes it's it those sorts of um visual clues or cues uh can support whatever message it is that you're putting out yeah and i think it's also important to remember that your branding is not just for you it is very much also for your customer so keep that in mind when you are creating your brand that you're not just creating something that you like. Obviously, you should like your brand. You don't want to be creating a brand that you dislike. But, but be a bit more conscious about it and think about the elements that might appeal to your ideal customer as well and make sure that those are included in your design. That's right. Um, you know, in terms of what your audience, oh, yes, well, firstly, yes, um, choose something that you feel comfortable with, the visual style that you feel comfortable with, with because you can't keep, if, like if you want to um, present yourself as like a Kim, Kim Kardashian or something, don't only do that if you really feel comfortable with getting dressed up all the time and having the full makeup all the time mm -hmm. because you will, if you don't feel comfortable like that, well, you're going to fall on your face pretty, pretty damn soon. You're going to get very sick of it and it's going to be such a drag. So only do that if you're feeling like that's that's truly you. <clears throat> so that's part of it. And also think about what your customers' expectations are. So if you're selling baby clothes, you want to be um, choosing soft colours and, you know, gentle kinds of imagery and, you know, like um, no kind of big um, chunky-looking graphics or anything because that's not like this is your customers expectations have a big important part to play here mm. they're expecting to see soft shapes and soft soft colors and that kind of imagery and soft you know soft gently lit photography um so and if you're um wanting to present yourself as something you know appealing to funky teenagers well you know you go a bit crazier with the colors and and <laughs> vibrant with the shapes and stuff so this is about your customer expectations and really think carefully about who you actually are targeting you know with baby clothes you're not actually targeting the babies <laughs> they're not your customer the, the parents are the mums the mums is your customer so think about what they're expecting yeah yeah i think that's a really <clears throat> important moment to remember important thing to remember when we are deciding on our branding um and i think it's also I, I always like to say you know do this at the beginning but then don't be afraid to change it if you really need to sure so, so if yeah. your business especially if you are in the development stages of your business and you you don't have a really clear idea yet. And I think for a lot of makers who are hobbyists who are turning their hobby into a business, this is very true. I know it was true for me. I was still discovering what my product was going to be. So I had no idea what my brand was going to be. And it actually took me a couple of years um, before I sort of settled on 
what I have now, what I'm, what I'm happy with. And, you know, it can be scary to change things up a lot because you're like, Oh my God, you know, people are just going to be so confused. People aren't going to know who I am anymore. Or people are going to have that, that feeling about me, like, Oh, I'm a bit flighty and stuff like that. And I think it's important to be aware that that can happen. But I think it's also important that you will, you know, you need to, keep developing yourself and your business to the point where you are truly comfortable with it. And it seems to be working. And if you haven't yet reached that point, then you do need to continue to again, go back to your why go back to who your customers are and who you want them to be. Like are, are the customers you attracting the customers you want to be attracting? Is mm. there something you're putting out there in your branding that's pulling the wrong people yeah. in and kind of don't be afraid to, evolve yeah 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 totally and yes as you said very clearly the the people who are at the very beginning of their business journey may not know what exactly they want to put out as their brand but i would suggest even in the beginning choose something and stick with it for a while because you'll want to put out something consistent um um, and, and yes your business will change and grow and as you change and grow uh, you will get a clear idea of what you do want to do with your brand and you're welcome to change. It's not set in concrete, but by the same token, be consistent at every step. So if you're putting out visuals in the beginning, none of this mishmash because, as Jess just said before, it means that it, it's putting out that whole vibe of hobbyist. So you want to do something consistent to start off with so, so you look professional right from the word go. Mm-hmm. As your business changes and grows, Yes, change. And if it's tweaks, I wouldn't get too worried about that. We can tweak that. That's okay. You know, you might change a font here or, you know, you know sub out one colour and put in another one there. That's okay. But if you're going to do wholesale change because you just go, really, that is so not who I am, mm-hmm. and that will happen generally within the first year or two of your business, you'll just get, you'll have, Maybe you'll have an epiphany and just go, oh, that's, you know, I'm really not that person anymore. Um, or you'll get much clearer on who you're serving. It might be a gradual process. But when you get to that point where you really are feeling like, I hate my brand, it's awful, it's just really not me anymore, well, that's the time to change. And in terms of um, keeping your existing customers and gradually, it's a gradual introduction. And if you have a mailing list, you keep your audience informed of what's going on and take them along for the ride to say, I'm, I'm changing up my branding because of this. You know, I've, I've come to this point in my business where I really have decided that, you know, I want to do this or um, um, this thing's not serving me anymore and bring them along for the ride. The, like your, your, the people who love you will still love you. Mm. And, again, the people who go, oh, you know, she's really changed and I don't like her anymore. Well, they're not your ideal customers anyway. And as I said, um, you don't want to keep them because they'll have not as good, in, you know, that they won't be getting what they want from you and therefore mm-hmm. it's all it's all a bit sad. <laughs> so, yeah, don't, you know, if, that, if people want to leave you, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that idea that, to, you know, the, the letting go of people um to be just aware that that's 
kind of a normal part of the process and that's okay. And that, you know, like you said, there's 7.7 billion people out there. So (laughs) there are, your customers are out there. You just need to, you need to signal. It's like the bat signal. You're sending out the right bat signal to bring the right people to you. That's what your branding is all about at the end of the day. Yeah. So, so remember that, remember to send out the right signal and you will attract the right people. Yes. Yes, you will. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk branding with me today. It's been lovely to chat with you again. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Now, where can people go to find out more about who you are and what you do? Well, um, they can come to me at tractorgirl.com.au. I'll be there. Um, I'll be there for a while. But actually, I am speaking of rebranding. Ooh. I'm doing a massive rebranding and uh, changing things up. So um, I'll, you can still find me there. I'm not going to get rid of that anytime soon. But um, be aware that, uh, yes, I'm going to do the, the massive changeover. Oh, well, you're, you're going to be the perfect guinea pig for people. Yeah, so like, if you want to come on for a I'm actually just about to send out some emails to, to my people and um, let them know what's happening. So if you want to see how someone who does branding, how they go about rebranding, you are welcome to come along. That is pretty cool. I think that would be a great opportunity for people. So head on over to, is it tractorgirl.com.au? That's correct. Tractorgirl.com.au. And we'll, of course, have the link in the show notes. Thank you so much, Julie. And remember, everybody, that if you really do want step-by-step instruction on exactly how to make the brand your brand happen, go check out the Brand Your Craft course. It's a self-study course. You could start it right now if you would like. It's a 14-day course. So head on over to createandthrive.com, click on the shop link, and you'll find the course right there. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the show this week. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you trusting me to help you on your handmade business journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it. Take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, tag me at Create and Thrive so I can say hello and get to know you and your business. And so you can help other makers find this podcast and hopefully it will help them to grow their businesses as well. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again next week and goodbye for now.